Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey guys, what's happening? Welcome to yet another Sunday night and yet another episode of Fear the Walking Dead on AMC. This is the AfterBuzz TV after show for season two, the brand new episode titled Pablo and Jessica. We're going to break down the whole thing for you and cover a little bit of last week because we missed it due to a holiday weekend. Hang out with us guys and we'll see you in just a second. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. He suggests the song and he's not even dancing. I don't need to dance. You don't I'm dancing need to inside. <laughs> dancing oh, don't inside. Don't be modest. You know, you're a machine, Simon. <sighs> yeah, a machine that's horribly, horribly broken. <laughs> Your wit is dancing. Oil, Thank that's you. It. Yeah, I use humor <laughs> as my shield and my, my dance. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Guys, welcome to the show. Welcome to the AfterBuzz TV After Mm. Show for Fear the Walking Dead. Season 2, Episode 11, titled Pablo and Jessica. We're also going to be covering Season 2, Episode 10, uh, which is called Do Not Disturb because we missed the episode last week due to a holiday weekend. We're going to do a uh, probably 15 or 20 minute run through of that one. Yeah, let's do that cover a bit of the next episode as well. Uh, I'm your host, Ben Bateman, joined today by my wonderful panel of co-hosts, starting on my left with Miss Ashley Chat. What's up, guys? Happy Sunday. Welcome back. We missed you last week. It was I was here. I was so lonely. So lonely. I wasn't in the you. studio. I just turned up. <laughs> just, just turned up and sat here for two hours <laughs> on my own. Ash, where can folks find you? On Instagram, Twitter, Ashley underscore Chapman. Thanks for joining us, guys. And I am in the chat, so feel free to send me your questions, feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Mr. And Simon Thompson. Who the hell am I? Take it yeah. away. I was drinking water and I was guy. pointing at my pen. And just I, like, yeah, I thought that was kind of like, yeah, let's just let's just ignore the bald guy. There was the a end. beat. <laughs> let's just ignore him. Uh, hello. Uh, my name, that was very camp. Uh, my name is Simon Thompson. Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Showbiz Simon, Instagram at Showbiz Simon, and on Facebook, this is Simon Thompson. You know. Excellent, guys. Hello there. Thank you for joining us. It's very nice of you. Thanks for your time. And of course, you can find me at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram. Also, mm-hmm. uh, we, AfterBuzz TV, we are on Twitter and iTunes. If you guys can leave us a rating or a review, it helps us stay high in the standings and continue to provide free content, which is what we like to do. We're not going to charge anything, and to do that, we need you guys' help to leave us please. a rating or a review. So, uh, yes, do it. Pretty please with a cherry on top. You know, I, I haven't done an, uh, an English or a British accent around you in a while because well, I, to be I, honest I feel with you, you found the, it offensive. No, but no, well, mildly. Um, <laughs> but also. Severely. Your accents, uh, your English accents are right, quite shit. Right, well, I'll tell yeah, you. So, I mean, it's fine. I mean, you say you've done them. Yeah. You've had a go at them, but it's like saying, I've watched House, so I'm a doctor. No. I did, uh, I had a, an audition for a commercial audition where I was playing a, uh, an English motorcycle cop this How week. How badly did that go? No, listen, I went in. Hello, mate, I'm a bloody motorcycle cop. <laughs> That's Simon imitating Ben imitating Simon. Uh, I went into the audition fully in character. I did the accent in the waiting room when I introduced myself. The whole Mm. deal all the way through the end of it. And when I walked out, my scene partner, I like broke character and was like, hey, nice working with you. And he was like blown away. And he was like, wow, I really thought that you were British. And I was like, wow, Simon would be proud. Uh, Has he either, one, never heard a British accent, (laughs) or two, is he deaf? 
<laughs> well, Simon, we'll see if I get the call back this yeah. week. And if I get the call back... Then I will be eating my hat. <laughs> or as we say in the UK, a hat. Yeah, I'm not even going to attempt it. Uh, guys, let's get into the episode from last week. Yeah. Uh, episode 10, once again titled Do Not Disturb. Yeah. Uh, so a whole bunch of cool stuff happened, and it ended with a very shocking... I sort of feel like we should start with the ending because we're a week behind and there was one really very, very relevant thing that happened. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have been jumping back and forth this season. Uh, We've kind of been, ever since we split up in the mid-season, the mid-season finale, we've been jumping back and forth between the Chris and Travis story, uh, the Nick story, and then the story at the hotel. And they don't seem to like to do an episode where they just go between the three. They usually cover two of them at once. Yeah. Uh, We leave one out. So one Mm -hmm. character or group of characters is missing. Um, We got to pick up with Travis and Chris. And they met three frat boys. They weren't necessarily frat boys. Bros. Bro-vivers. Bros, bro. Uh, Yeah, bro-vivers. There you go. (laughs) They're American bro-vivers. A couple couple of their names. Brandon and James. Can Um, I just say, if that's going to be a reality show, we deserve a cut each. Bro-vivers? Yeah, bro-vivers. Yeah, it's good. Um, It is good. And Chris has taken a liking to them, so he's uh, learning to drive. Travis is teaching him how to drive. And mm-hmm. now Chris has decided his uh, killing ways, uh, he wants to be kind of part of the group, wants to hang with these guys. Mm-hmm. And it culminates, of course, with them finding a farm. Mm. And uh, this angry farmer uh, shoots one of one of these bro-vivers in the leg, and Chris just caps him yeah. in front of Travis. Just mm-hmm. kills an innocent dude who was just protecting his land, and that's how that episode ends. We have not after tonight's episode seen anything so what were your guys reactions to that that was a crazy moment right I saw it coming and I personally feel like we've been seeing it coming with Chris um, especially from the first half of this season and just how he's really sort of let go of really any sense of morality and this world has now changed so I think his sense of right and wrong it's it's there's no difference between it it's like you just do what you have to do and, I mean, of course, I was expecting there to be like, a huge arc with Chris's character as far as him just kind of really going over the line. And this was a great moment to sort of showcase that. And for me, it just kind of showed Travis, like, okay, I'm in really deep doo-doo. And I think maybe even pushes him to a point where he's like, I don't know if I can help it and how much longer I can handle this situation. I might need to bounce. Simon is smirking. He's got the biggest smirk on his face. Oh, I just told myself a joke. It was very funny. Uh, um, no. <laughs> I, no, I was just thinking... <laughs> there must be easier ways to make friends. Yeah. Than going like, hey, what are you going to do? Uh, yeah, because, you know, you make, you're meeting new people for the first time. You want to impress them. You know, you, you start talking about a common subject. Like, hey, do you like Top Gun? Yeah, I love Top Gun. Next guy goes, I love Top Gun too. What about you? I love Top Gun. What about you? I killed a man once. Right. You know, it's you could just do an icebreaker without killing somebody right. in a barn. Even the I've other guys were like, <laughs> we thought you were cool. You're clearly a fucking lunatic. Right. I don't think it's, I've ever done an icebreaker without killing it's somebody. Kind of like, no, it's, that's questionable. I can tell you, it turns out it doesn't work well. Okay. It does like not work when, well. It's like when you're in the circle and it's like, two truths and a lie, two, two truths and a lie, and the guy's just like, I had sex with my cousin. And you're yeah, like, there's supposed to be three things. What are you talking about? This is so uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, he's... I think... I think he's going to kill Travis. I, I think he's going to kill, kill Travis. Travis. I think he's just going to go. He's so unhinged. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that he is. Ju- he has no moral compass now. Yeah. He is. He's kind of like someone who is on a spectrum where they don't know what is appropriate and what isn't. But yeah. but his compass is so off. He's like, well, I'll just shoot a guy. Yeah. yeah. And he shot. He shot Walkers before. He's killed Walkers. Yeah. But he killed a guy with a gun. Even the bad guys who were up for killing people. Yeah. Well, like maybe we shouldn't kill this guy in a barn. Yeah. And he was like, 
No, you should totally kill I'll the guy in the bar. I'll do it. Well, you remember he killed the guy in the in the yeah. airplane hangar in the yeah. airplane. Uh, yeah, the guy was injured. But, the, uh, but that, that was kind of like a secret. That was behind closed doors, like you know, wearing like, women's clothes or something. Right. Suddenly he's yeah. going out in full garb. It's like he's and his dad's like, "What the hell happened yeah. to you?" Right. Yes. Yeah, you like, went walkabout. Now you're completely unhinged. Yeah, it's so like, it's like daddy daycare on steroids. Yeah. You know? And like, I think Travis knows that he can't be around yeah, this. He can't. He's he like. Can't. Right, well, can't explain it away. He can't. It's he, not yeah, acceptable. He, he can't be the big papa anymore and, and handle it. And I yeah. think that with him being Chris being unhinged, and then just with the simple for the simple fact that he's still harboring a lot of resentment for the fact that Travis had to kill his mom, yeah. killed Liza, and and they're not being trust there, and him feeling like he's alone. I can see that being, you know, Chris having to kill or ki- Chris killing Travis. I can see that being a potential plot line. But either way, I think he's just going down a really, really downward spiral and. We'll see how it, it all comes together. Well, I think also Travis realizes now that if they do meet up with the others again, there's no way in hell he's going to be able to reintegrate because he's gone too far the other way. Right. You know, he's not heading towards, okay, I'm going to toe the line. It's like, I'm going to burn the line with everybody attached to it. Yeah. Well, he's definitely, it's, it's like a weird take on fatal attraction at this point because I think he's starting to realize that with his son, it's like he either, like, he can't. He can't separate, and it's okay. not a psychopath. I, I thought you meant he was going to have sex with Glenn Close. <laughs> Hide the rabbits, everybody. <laughs> but I mean, I really do think that we're so with these shows, with mm. this one and with Walking Dead. Yeah, because it's a broken, it's a broken society that this show mm-hmm. picks up in. Yeah, uh, and every and there, you know, there is killing of these zombies, and there, there tends to be a lot of killing and people dying and all that. Yeah, um, you are sort of informed. Uh, your moral compass is informed by your main protagonists for the most part. Like you, uh, people people do what they have to do to survive. But it's a strange take on an, on a show. Like in the old days, TV shows didn't have characters that were just like obviously psychopaths who start yeah. out as a good guy. It just yeah. did, wasn't as common. You know, it was no, they came clear. in. They were a psychopath. It was like, hey, there's the creepy guy, right? Yeah. Whereas, like, but this character, he's. He really he started out as the like angsty teenage son. Yeah. Now he really kind of feels like he's just turning into a villain. Yeah. And we also talked about I think last season and a little at the beginning of this season, uh, Madison and Travis and how their point of views, their approaches um, were very different. You know, Travis was kind of a pacifist. He didn't want to kill the Walkers. Mm. He didn't want to have to make those hard decisions. Madison seemed to be much more willing to do it. We talked about the whole time. Does that mean that Madison's going to become a villain, or does that mean that Travis is just going to die because he's too weak? Yeah. And it does feel like more and more they're moving us towards. Chris is almost more in the right. Travis, I think, is just going to die. I think Travis is just not going to make it in this world. Yeah. I don't think Chris is morally yeah. in touch, but he seems to understand survival in a way that Travis just doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I do think that that's... Um, I mean, they have that conversation where he looks at him and he's like, well, what's the end game, Dad? Then what? Then yeah. what? You know, so we can go back to Madison. We're never going back kind of a thing. And I yeah. and I guess that, that it does seem to be kind of where this is ending up is they can never go back. And I think that Travis might still be harboring, harboring some sense of denial. Like, he still feels like there's going to be a way for them to get out of this and that the world in some way is going to possibly go back to normal. And so he's dealing with the fact that he has to sort of let go of that normalcy. Yeah. And then with Chris, you know, because didn't he also kill, um, this wasn't the first time that he actually killed someone kind of in cold blood. This was more of the the first time that we've seen him directly kill somebody in cold blood. But didn't he also kill, um, forgetting the character's name, but it was the guy who like helped, them take over the boat and he he shot him they were they were trying to lure like a oh Alicia. did he shoot that guy the the chubbier guy played by um played by the, chubby chubbenstein no he's played by the the musician by um that remember the, the guy who comes on the boat at the beginning and he's kind of leading the charge and he gets shot yeah, 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 yeah. no no but he gets shot by luis i think with the, with the but rifle he was still from alive. the boat but he was oh. still alive remember chris 
Oh, he kills, kills him. him. No, he doesn't accidentally kill yeah. him. He says he was going to turn so and he kills him, him, right, when yeah. he's locked up. That's right. So we yeah. already, from there, had started to see Jesse... that progression. Jesse McCartney. McCartney, yeah. yeah. So we had already started to see that progression happening. Um, so I think that, like you like you guys are saying, I mean, I think that with Travis, it's just the fact that he's, he's definitely um, more, he's on the weaker side, but just not him being able to, like, make those types of decisions. And then... I mean, he's injured as it is right now, and, and having a character like Chris with you where he seems to be more of a threat and more of a danger to your survival than anything else. Like, it at goes, this yeah. point, he needs someone who's more stable to, like, really help them, and they're they're not really – they don't seem to be in the same space as far as, like, we're helping each other, we're in this together. It seems like Chris is kind of moving off and trying to do his own thing. Very similar to Nick, but, like, very two separate ends of the spectrum. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, like, you, you have a, sp- a spectrum of people in the mm-hmm. show. The people that like, totally get it, they get what's happening, they understand how to cope with it, and there's the people that survive. And then there's the people, even like the, the mom, who we're going to talk about in just a second, who uh, is the, the mother who survived the attack in the hotel. Yeah. And she's the one who resents this woman, Elena. She's crying at the loss of her daughter and she's, she's you know, essentially pouting, walking around like the stakes aren't real. And you're just like, ca- characters like you yeah. die in this show. You yeah. don't get it. You don't get it that like you have a hotel that's filled with the dead. And if you don't work to get rid of the dead, you're going to die. That's mm-hmm. just how it works. Mm-hmm. You don't get to be like, I lost someone. I'm sad. Everybody's lost someone. Everybody yeah. loses the most important people to them. Many people are just alone in this show. Mm-hmm. So speaking of that, um, Alicia, and she loses Ophelia, and she can't find her. But she does seem to find this woman, Elena. She does like sort of a, a uh, Keanu Reeves and Speed move with the... Uh, the, the right, the elevator. She's climbing the what's this cable? She's climbing the cable. Oh wow, milking back. Uh, milking. Yeah. <laughs> she milking uh, a two cow. Two words. Two words. Uh, first word. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. So she meets Elena, and she finds out mm-hmm. that you know Elena's been running around. She's looking for. I think it's her brother. Who she, she eventually finds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she kind of helps her clear some of the dead. And then of course uh, they at the end of the episode, find Madison and Strand, who we see the aftermath of their run-in in the lobby. So uh, I, I found this Elena story and the stuff with the hotel guests interesting because we had all talked about this, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you go forward with a wedding in an environment like this? Yeah. And I did think it was interesting how carefully. they set it up. Very carefully. Because the mother walks up and says, listen, um, we, we there's a there's an, an outbreak and it's spreading. We want to be able to get across the border. Like, as if this outbreak was dangerous, but not like... It's just we're just going to get overrun with zombies any second. Mm. Uh, the reason they died, of course, was because they got locked in a room. And you wonder in how many situations around the world when this is happening, similar things are happening. There's mm. one person that there's a breakout in a room and somebody like traps them in to get away. But I bet there are a lot of wedding organizers around the world that zombies or no zombies would like to lock their clients in a room and just <laughs> right. leave just, them yeah, there. Because, you know, mothers of the brides Bride. can be a right yeah. nightmare. Bridezillas are, oh, are not Oh, God, yeah. Around. Also, leave how, them in there with the Vulavons or whatever. How did Oscar and the mother get away? They were locked in there, and they seemed to be like a couple of the only survivors. I'm wondering how they got out. They didn't show us that, right? I didn't no, miss that. They did didn't. I? No, no. They Uber. Just, they just showed. Did they call an Uber? <laughs> Taxi. No, they just showed um, the father and the daughter being taken down. But yeah, maybe they just for you know luck were not in the room at that time. Huh. Um, Restroom break. Right. <laughs> Plot twist. Yeah. So. Or a massive plot hole, because, unless, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if they're going to do... I mean, that might come up as a question. Right. Because, you know, there have to be the discussion, and that's why, obviously, they're keen. I think that might be why they're keen to to see Elena again, mm-hmm. is because not only did Elena lock them in the room, but Elena will go, like, how you got out, mm-hmm. so that she she will know their dirty little secret, which is the fact that even though Elena locked them in there, yeah, these guys were like, well... 
to hell with this. I'm leaving. I'm going to go out the window or whatever. So let's let's jump from there to tonight's episode. Yeah. Because uh, we we actually pick up with uh, at the end of the episode with Alicia and Elena yep. finding Strand and Madison, and we don't know how they survive. So this starts out with with Madison and Strand <laughs> fighting in the, in like the bar of the and. Uh, Madison is just sober all of a sudden. She's just right. fully conscious. Both of them, yeah. She was just wasted, and she just goes on a dime. She's able to just like be sensible. I, I don't know. I guess. Well, you say sensible, but she's smearing herself with the blood of a walker to I mean, survive. Yeah, yeah, but we've all done silly things when we're drunk, yeah. right? Yes, true. You've, yeah, true. Yeah, we've been there. Just with it less zombieish. I don't know if smearing yourself with Walker blood is what is the drunk move for her. Hey, don't knock it till you tried it. <laughs> but also, but like fear and adrenaline, dude, that does sober yeah. you up yeah. immediately. No matter. And so I was sort of waiting in the next. Mo- and I was glad that Strandman referenced to it the tequila hangover. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I was sort of like wondering, is there going to be like the adrenaline wears off and they pause for a second and then she starts slurring her words because you know how that works as too. I'm so pissed. The adrenaline gets you. You think you're sober mm-hmm. and then you pause and it's an hour later and you realize that you're still pretty drunk. Like that. Yeah. That sort of moment. Yeah. Um, I have a question, though. Yeah. It's to go back to the zombie blood. Is now a lot of people know that that works. In order to get past all the walkers, why don't they just continually smear themselves with blood and they can walk around very freely? Because they keep washing it off and they're going, oh, shit, the walkers can see me again. Well, it's pretty dangerous, I think, just to be around the walkers anyway. Like we've seen if you make a sound, the wrong sound, they can still get you. Um, Also, something I'm wondering about, and maybe somebody in the chat can help us out with this, but uh, if you get any walker blood in your mouth no. yeah. yeah do you turn that's what i thought and then if you have like a cut on you or something i mean that's what i i would imagine and then mm. a lot of the times you see the blood so close to their mouth like yeah i can't imagine yeah. how you especially with nick you know and you're not careful putting this stuff on like it could get in your eye it could get any part of your body so i don't know like maybe if it's once it's exposed to air i don't know yeah because like is the Ooh, is weird. the disease transferred from like your teeth when they bite you is that where it comes from i was i, I mean this i think this information exists and has been cleared up probably yeah. at some point we're just like a little bit unaware of right uh, like i love the way you say like there's there's a fact book <laughs> oh there is <laughs> yeah. uh yes it's just right. yeah i mean in an interview i'm sure somebody's like revealed exactly how this I works i think from a from a bite i mean i'm no doctor right. um but i would think that if you if they bite you, then it's something in the saliva rather than the teeth. Right. Because the, your teeth aren't living, right. effectively. Um, they're, they're just chunks of calcium um, or whatever. I'm not a scientist, like I say. Hey, Dr. Science. Thanks, Bill Nye, the useless guy. Um, yeah, so I think it's more from saliva than it is from the teeth. Yeah. But don't oh. trust me. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. So uh, speaking speaking of this, um, let's jump. We'll, we'll jump back to the Madison story here in just a second. Sure. Okay. But, uh, speaking of how a bite turns you, mm. uh, we have a whole storyline with Nick mm-hmm. and uh, mm. Alejandro. Is that, that's uh, it, yeah. And he so so Nick convinces Alejandro that I need to make things right. I yeah. screwed it up at the trade at the trade store with the gangsters, and right. I need to cut these pills for you because I'm a junkie. At this convenience skill I have, right. I'm going to be able to cut these drugs with like powdered milk or something is that what he's cutting it yeah, with yeah powdered milk went all jimmy neutron scientist on us yeah I, I hope, the lab. I, I hope they're not lactose intolerant yeah right yeah. <laughs> that would be awkward well, yeah the toilet for yeah hours. i know right? the high of their life yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in in the course of discussing this whole idea with alejandro alejandro tells nick the story of how he got bitten that he he claims to have been bitten and not turned mm. right and then he also says that he doesn't want to lose Nick because there's this other addict and so on and so forth. So the first question is, at this point, do we think there's any chance that he actually got bitten and didn't turn? 
I'm I'm so. I'm calling bullshit yeah, on that. I don't I don't think so because uh, unless the thing is, if if he did get bitten, yeah, and was somehow immune, he would therefore be effectively. So if you were if you were the doctor, if you were the pharmacist, you would go, okay, take my blood. Yep, we know we can cure people by perhaps injecting them with my blood. Yeah, and then we can get rid of the undead that way because obviously he's been talking about you know passing through in a second life. Yeah. So. I would think that that would be the way. So I'm going to think that he ha- there's something going on where yeah. he hasn't actually been bitten by a walker. Yeah. He might have been bitten by someone. Something or someone. I'm thinking maybe the kid who was high. Right. That he was saying that they killed. And it wasn't a walker. But suddenly he's like, oh, I can cash in on this. And yeah. I can suddenly be the leader. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I, was, I was just the pharmacist. Yeah. Then I'm suddenly the guy who runs the camp and I'm the guy in charge. I'm yeah. thinking that might be a possibility. Alejandro seems like a prime character to die this season. He's exactly yeah. the kind of character that does die. Um, the question is, in regular Walking Dead, we have, had, we have never had an immune character. Uh, mm. In World War Z, that's that's spoiler alert. Um, that's the trick in the end is you realize that there are people that are immune. Yeah, um, that is kind of like a common thread that shows up in zombie literature. That eventually you realize there are people that are immune, and you make a vaccine from their blood. Yeah. yeah. I think it's an interesting idea. Maybe that in this world they're introducing the idea that there actually are people that are immune. It seems unlikely, but I don't think I would rule it out. Would you? I mean, I think it would be interesting, but I think that. Like, especially with The Walking Dead, and not to talk too much about that show, just since this is a prequel to it, I I just think it would take a lot away from the potential storyline. You know, if there is something that can cure... I mean, this is what's driving the show, the fact that they're dealing with this world where there are all these living dead people. And Mm. so to have a vaccine, I think it would be interesting if he actually did have an immunity, but then he's killed or he dies before they have an opportunity to actually harvest his blood or make a vaccine. So it would be an interesting plot point, but I don't think it would be strong enough to hold as, you know, something that they would implement for. Well, I think they're also, they're not, they're not shows about finding a cure. They're shows about survival. I did like though, when you're talking about the, um, uh, uh, Nick talking about the, um, the, the making the drugs. He said he has like uh, a limited but refined skill set. Mm-hmm. It reminded me very much of Liam Neeson, who had a v- yeah. very particular set <laughs> taken, of skills. Yeah. It was kind of less taken and more taken drugs. Yeah, yeah right. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's, I just that's just what, that's came to next, me. So. Uh, that's the I think so. In the series, yeah. 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 That's the next I'm going to find you. Then I'm going to inject heroin into my penis. <laughs> <laughs> so, so question, guys. I, yeah. I was talking to somebody the other day, and, and we'll continue moving through the episode. But uh, his, I was asking what he thought about the show because he's mm. been a longtime fan of both the comic, the original show. He's watched all the way through this show, and he was saying that a lot of people he've, he's talked to have had the complaint that they thought this show was going to be about the the long process of the world turning, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like the, everything leading up to, I guess, that moment that Rick wakes up, sort yeah. of. And he really felt he was like, I think the general consensus is that you got a few episodes of that, and then people just started hiding in houses, and it turned into the same story, which is just the yep. world's overrun by zombies, everything's falling apart, civilizations collapse, and there's no hope, and we're just it's just another Walking Dead show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you guys feel like that is the case, and that's maybe why the show was not what people thought they were going to watch? I thought exactly the same thing today, and I also thought that there was a lot of hoo ha made about the, the the crossover with the plane. 
And for me, that's kind of disappeared a little bit too soon. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe that character is going to come back. We are going to see her again. I'm not, right now, I'm not holding out. It seems to have moved away from that, unless they do head back towards America, which is looking like perhaps they do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is feeling very much, it's feeling very similar to, and we, obviously we have Carol Watch on the show, we have various other things, and we compare characters in Fear the Walking Dead to The Walking Dead. Yeah. And it is feeling a little bit samey. I mean, I was, you know, thinking today that Maddie is very quickly sort of, you know, becoming the Andrew Lincoln yeah. role, you know, in, in this. And, you know, we're seeing Strand kind of being the number two. And it is becoming like when, when, when Maddie was talking about, you know, we've got to protect the hotel because more people will come yeah. and they'll try and take it from us. I was thinking like, this is getting a, this is getting very oh, close. It's Rick. That's, that's, yeah. That's, yeah, it's Rick. It's yeah. the walking dead. And I'm like, yeah, well, speaking on that note, I know we kind of talked a little bit about this, about there possibly being a merge of these two shows, yeah. mm-hmm. which would be really interesting to see. And shout out in the chat, uh, Tiedro says that maybe The Cure is what will eventually connect the two shows, one group seeking out the other for because they hear of a cure. So mm. that might be an interesting way to connect the shows if that's the direction that they go. But ultimately, I mean, I liked how the show's starting off. And honestly, I still do like the show. But I think that it, it is definitely going in a different direction than people expected. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but mm. they just have to be very careful with the plays that they make because they do have the bigger sister show that's very successful and that has made the right plays. But also Kirkman and co have said that there's not going to be a crossover. That's not right. what they're working towards. And also the fact that, you know, in The Walking Dead, they did say that, you know, originally one of the characters like, we're going to find a cure. You know, I know where the cure is. It's in Washington. We're yeah. going to get there. Yeah. And then it was kind of like, there is no cure. Yeah. So I think, I think that's a very good point and that could very well happen. They could change their minds. Yeah. But the people behind the show keep insisting there's not going to be a crossover and The Walking Dead has moved away from finding a cure. And again, that's more about survival and yeah. repopulation and strength in numbers and creating a new world rather than going back to the one they've left. So it could happen. Yeah. Like they could go down that route, but I I don't I don't know. And the timelines are still the timelines are kind of right. not quite right to actually match up. So. Don't line up. I mean I think when you talk about the 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 major without like going fully down the road of comparison, I think people talk about the show and they wonder what the direction it's taking is. Why? Yeah. Mm. And also why it's sort of less satisfying to some people. Mm-hmm. I mean look, one show is based is based largely on a storyline that, that already exists. Yeah. The show yeah. the show has taken turns, but it honestly it has it's source material. Yeah. You get to just like you get to just sort of like put in your points in the story and like we okay, we'll go over here, but it's still gonna get back to here because mm. eventually we're gonna get to here. And you see that with that show. But this show, it's just an open book. You can do whatever you want. And so it, it, at the end of the day, you have to create characters people like. You don't get yep. to take them from another medium. Mm-hmm. You can't rely on the fact that you have people expecting something. There isn't anything to expect from this show. I think I think the biggest change is going to come with the show. I think there's going to be a, a you know a massacre due soon. We had this conversation earlier that you know I think they do need to clean house. I think there need to be some major cast changes. I think you know some major people need to die. We need to see some you know change of face and a change of dynamic. I think and a change of location. We discussed this before the mm-hmm. show. You know they're in Mexico right now. They appear to be heading back to America. The canvas they're painting on in Mexico is quite limited. Yeah. yeah. You know obviously Marco and uh, is it is it Marco? Yeah. Um, and the guys are. Gonna, you know, turn up in an episode very soon. Uh, they can't just coming, you know, keep coming across, you know, bandits, uh, you know, and that yeah. kind of thing within Mexico. They, they've got to kind of mix up by dynamic. Yeah. There's not a lot else there for them to do. Yeah. They've, they've done the water, they've done the land, they've, they've done, you know, sort of bandits. And I'm like, right. they need to, if they're going to step it up, 
they need to do that and expand it a bit more. I think perhaps we could see that with the end of this season or perhaps season three. Tanya and R in the chat said, uh, would rather they just call it The Walking Dead Mexico. Yeah, so. it's true. No, you know when they were announcing <laughs> yeah, the show great. and a lot of the interviews were happening? Yeah. Kirkman on a podcast, like he was just joking around and he was like, yeah, I guess we'll probably just like do, you know, Fear the Walking Dead and we'll do, you know, he's like The Walking Dead LA, we'll do The Walking Dead China, we'll do The Walking <laughs> Dead. It's like, and in, to some degree, if you think about how hard it is to make a show that's successful on television, even mm. if the ratings on the show are plummeting, it's still significantly more successful than most shows on TV. Yeah. Like the yeah. numbers are still super high compared to like fringe shows on CW and these like destination only digital shows. So mm. it's kind of one of those things where you're like, well, what do we expect? Does it dilute the brand if we keep something going that's that's not performing as well as we'd like? Or even if it's getting 20% of the views of television's most watched show, it's still 20% of television's most watched show. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm still getting a lot out of the show. I'm still really, really enjoying it. You know, yeah. I don't want to do the show down, but I, right. I, I do think that it has potential that it's not quite meeting just yet. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to see it do something a bit different to what I, we're getting on The Walking Dead. I agree. So let's uh, let's save this for Carol Watch. I'd like to do a cool. kind of a full, a little bit larger prediction section sure. here where we talk about things that we think will happen and also more than that, like, the big sweeping deaths. If we could, I want to do kind of a list, like, who do we think is expendable? Yeah. If you want to do a cleaning house house sort of thing, because I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, So uh, let's continue moving down the plot of this episode. So we had, uh, we had the negotiation and uh, Nick comes back and then he has a moment with, uh, with Lucy, Luciana. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of a, kind of a teen romance moment. I know. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't sleep. Yeah. And he's yeah. reading books with a candle, and they're speaking Spanish yeah. to each other. And he says, "Mi amor." Yeah, right. <laughs> he says, "It's like one of those Spanish novellas." Yeah, yeah. right. And, well, he, and he says, "I heard you test people," and and she turns around and she kisses him. Yes. But also that that classic romantic line. I mean, it's slightly cliched. I'm wearing clean socks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, what woman that always gets me? What woman? Man. Yeah, I know, Woo! right? Right. I was like, clean to me. Yeah. It was a good line. You haven't lost your mojo. <laughs> yeah. Take notes, boys. Take yeah. notes. <laughs> this is the first time in the show that we've seen Nick with a romantic moment, like going after mm. something that he wanted. A present he's romantic ca- moment. Yeah, he's, he's sort of had like, he had like his, uh, his drug-addled sort of co, co- you know, his co-pilot yeah. when he was getting, uh, when he found out that his dad died. Coke pilot. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. He, he had the, is that's the same girl that he was with in the pilot who ends up dying and yeah. turning, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Who we think is maybe patient zero. Is that possibly what we maybe? think? Possible. I don't maybe know if they the were suggesting one. that. It's the first one we yeah. saw. And then uh, we've and had then, worse breakups. Yeah. <laughs> and then he has a moment with Ophelia where it kind of seems like maybe someday, mm. but it doesn't ever go there. But this is the first time that Nick has like really just gone for it. Um, so what do you? I mean, what that do you guys think? He didn't really go for it. Well, he like, thought Pablo I, was her boyfriend. He didn't realize Pablo was her brother. He was True. fishing, and Pablo's in pieces. He <laughs> was fishing. They don't have Tinder. In the, I mean, maybe I they know. do. Swipe, swipe, grr. Swipe, swipe, grr. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess I. What I took from that particular scene, it's that he's getting very comfortable. Mm. I think with the idea of just being away from his family and being away from what's comfortable and what he's what's what's comfortable to him and from what he's used to, and him kind of creating this new family, this whole new life, and yeah. Like, trying to settle down in that. And, I mean, I think he really did love his girlfriend, the other junkie coke pilot um, who was with him. And so I think this is, like, one of the first people that he's he's been able to open up to. You know, because when she talks about, oh, that was your brother, not your your boyfriend, I mean, he, he clearly likes... The, the distinguishing between those two, it's like a family member is very important, but a person who you like you're romantically with, 
Yeah. Like that, it's a very different type of relationship. Well, he said family knows where you come from was one of yeah. the lines when yeah. he was talking to Lucy tonight. But he, but it, to me, it's it just kind of made the assumption, like, family knows where you come from and they're important, but having that special someone in your life too, like, that is equally as important and for him to be able to experience that again, I think it just kind of shows like, okay, he, he might be drifting a little bit further away from we're like, we're, we're drifting further away from the idea of him reuniting with Madison and the rest of the group. So, so easily and so quickly and, and so fast and that he can really kind of create this whole new life and that will, will create some conflict I'm sure for the future. Well, I think this whole idea of reuniting has kind of gone to, to the back of his head. I think yeah. he's kind of found his place, but he's yeah. done this kind of, it's almost like chameleon kind of cocoony type thing because obviously, you know, we've seen him go completely batshit, you know, cover himself with blood and go walking off. And then he's like, I'm on my own, I'm a hard ass. Then he realizes. He's a cult too, he kind of was buying yeah. out yeah. stuff. And yeah. then all of a sudden he's like, oh, so he's kind of going. He's almost like a chameleon where whichever group he's associated with, he's kind of fitting an emotional and a physical role that he's kind of like, okay, here, I'm going to be the saviour and the lover. That's where I'm going to be. I'm going to go out and I'm going to be the big man and get stuff and come stuff. And Alejandro made a, a, um, a comment today about, um, you know, uh, I'm worried about you. You know, be brave, but be careful. And he's like, you're like my mum. And he's like, I'm not trying to be your mum. You know, I'm, I'm different. And I think he's kind of... Whichever situation he's in, he is very much amending his behaviour mm-hmm. rather than authentically changing his thoughts and his minds and where he's coming from. He's just kind of changing shape, right? Yeah. whichever way it goes. Do we see a love triangle between uh, Luciana, uh, Nick, and Ophelia? Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, that I seems don't know. like a stretch. I'm, I'm trying to imagine a world where that reunion we keep talking about is even possible, yeah. honestly. I don't, I don't know how you merge these three groups again without there it just seems it sort of just doesn't seem like the pieces fit anymore mm. people seem like they're all going in such drastically different directions it kind of feels like travis dies chris got as it goes out on his own and maybe swings back into the story at some point nick maybe reunites with the group after a couple of people have been cleared out yeah. yeah but i don't think the idea of these worlds joining is very likely to me um then again we'll we will see what happens with the show let's continue moving through the storyline sure. of the episode though so moving back to the hotel, uh, we have a whole plan that is hatched where um, after these characters separate, um, Strand and Madison, they appeal to, it's not, uh, what is it, Oscar? Oscar, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And they get inside to talk to Oscar, uh, who is, I think, the... The Grouch. The, yeah, he's the former husband of, of, the de- of Jessica, who's now a zombie, um, and also her mother. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, Madison kind of takes the negotiation point of view that you mentioned, you know? Yeah. If we don't secure this place and clear it, people will come. They will be cruel. We will all die. Yeah. yeah. So they kind of agree. They make this arrangement to uh, clear the place, and then Alicia figures out that you can use the Riptide to get rid of the zombies, so they hatch a plan. Yeah. With Madison in, in that room, it's really interesting because she she's already, before they go in there, uh, the situation that, that Maddie and, and Strand are they're having a conversation, it seems very much like Strand is going along the kind of the A-B route, whether it's like this happens or this happens is one of the two, there's mm-hmm. no in-between. Maddie appears to be very much now being very practical yeah. Yeah. and very reality-based. Her statements are very much, this is happening, we're doing this, you can be part of it or not, but it's going to happen anyway. She's very much taking that yeah. that kind of leadership position of of anybody that's around rather than going well let's have a conversation she's like this is going to be the solution this is where we're going to get to be part of it don't be part of it but it's happening and and to take it even a step further her referencing that this can be a home for us yeah and, you know strand having issue with that and so 
you know, being rational, being practical and, and kind of accepting the fact like this might be it for us. This it just might be us and mm. we'll do the very best that we can to guard this place and this is going to be home and we're going to be each other's family. And so I think that, you know, the whole plan, it coming together, it was a great plan for them to do. But yeah, same. I struggled with Strand too as well. Like, no, we can't really call it a home. Like maybe that's just... Yeah. A choice of words I would yeah. have done something differently but it's the idea of them now having this place and calling it a home a house for me when he was talking about the another fact he doesn't see it as home he had a home yeah. I think to me it's almost it's it could potentially be with his character the beginning of the end where he's starting to let go of the fact that the only certain thing that he knew when he had that was an anchor Thomas. has gone yeah. Thomas has yeah. gone that that community has gone. gone and now everything else is just happening it's just a thing you're wherever you are that's kind of where you're at the moment nothing is permanent nothing is your anchor right so i think it's a dangerous position for him to be in because it's one or the other you know he was talking about the fact that he just thought the girls had gone the fuck you know they're out of the picture they're not happening so they decided not to be here they saved themselves that's what they did everybody saves themselves that everybody leaves blah 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 and i think he's starting to get in that mental mindset where it's like we're going to die. Yeah. It's just a case of when. And I think it's a dangerous position. He could cause himself potential risk and for the group. Yeah, definitely. I, I thought that that scene with Madison and Strand walking down the hallway, that mm-hmm. was my favorite scene in the episode. Yeah. Uh, I liked everything about it. The framing of it, the music, the conversation, the sort of level of matter of fact that, that Madison and their interaction is, is extremely satisfying on the yeah. show. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's becoming better and better. And their scenes together on the episodes – like you said, it sort of feels like it's becoming the 1A and the 1B. Could they um, kind of get together? Maybe. Have a little... Right? I think that would actually be a really cool angle to take because they, they suggested to us this idea that Strand was gay. Mm. They've also sort of dangled the idea that Strand is somebody who just... He kind of just uh, shifts to whatever fluid, side of the yeah, line benefits him the most. Yeah. Sexual chameleon. Yeah, and he seems, and he said, "I would have hit on you." And, and he even he even gives her the line earlier when he's talking about uh, the rooms. Oh mm. yeah. And he says, "There's a what's it like? There's a couple's suite upstairs or something like that. Is that yeah. Couple's room upstairs. We're better better together. Yeah. Um, maybe. I mean, I would love that to be perfectly honest with you. I think that would be a great angle for the show to take. It'd be a Massage? very interesting turn of events. But I think that that would would make sense, especially because the relationship starting off was mm. very rocky and they seem like two opposite people. Travis comes back, it creates all kinds of weirdness. Yeah. What are you doing? Just took my pants off, getting some back relief. I slipped and fell and my... Uh, right. had sex my with a lady. lady. Yeah. yeah, right. It happens. It happens, man. What happens in Mexico? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Have <laughs> <laughs> you not having sex with a stranger? <laughs> You've been yeah, killed by walkers. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so anyway, that scene was really great. They, they hatched this plan to draw the zombies in the riptide. Yeah. Um, here's something I kept thinking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They want to build the suspense, right? Mm-hmm. So she's, So Madison's walking down that walkway, and she's yeah. about 15 feet in front of the walkers. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of just like, Madison... Can't you just run like 50 feet further because they're still going to follow you. Yeah. They're not going to lose sight of you. You're the only thing in front of them. And if you trip while you're walking backwards right now, you might just die. Yeah. I was just kind of like this is a tension building moment, but it's also not a sensible moment. Um, right. I also I thought the same thing about I thought the same thing about when Strand and Elena were opening the doors in the mm-hmm. in the hotel. Like there has to be a way to to rig this where like you open the door a little bit, but it's not open all the way, yeah. so they have to kind of slowly get out and follow you. Like it just seems like these people put themselves in horribly dangerous situations. I all thought that hotel etiquette was terrible because everybody knows that before we go into a hotel room, we go 
Room service. Yeah. Somebody, <laughs> somebody could have been looking at zombie porn. They could yeah. have been having a poo. Could have been doing anything. But I mean, I one thing with that I thought was genius about when they were clearing the rooms yeah. was the music that they used. Remind me so much of John Carpenter's movies. Oh. And it was just that that the music. Thing. I was like, yeah, things like the thing and they live and you know a lot of the John Carpenter movies. They've all had that very similar kind of yeah. music. And I was like, I was a stroke of a lot of the zombie movies, George A. Romero and stuff like that. Just they all have that kind of you know tinkling sub electronic score. I loved it. Well, my biggest question was, can't... where did they get all the spoons from? Forks, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and where can I get one? Because <laughs> They were pretty, fabulous. for a hotel cutlery, right. they were pretty sturdy. They're large forks. Yes. Well, I mean, large spoons, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Extremely large. Huge. Um, but my question was, okay, can't they eventually float back to shore? Because mm. there have been walkers in the water before, and they don't mm-hmm. drown, right? So I think the idea. The... I think the idea is that if you're going to, if most of your world is going to be inside this hotel, you're going to barricade the doors. And they do float back to shore. They would have to then wander up the beach, up to the doors, okay. in a pack to get in. So I think the idea. It wasn't a plan to like kill them all immediately. It no, was I just, just get, get rid of them. Away. Wash them out okay. to sea is the is probably the most efficient way to get rid of most of them anyway. I did wonder though, yeah. and you know, similar line. There was a bit just behind Maddie where it was like, "Don't enter. Yeah. It's really dangerous." Why not get them all through there, lock them off, and then like block that off? So they're all down the end of the pier. And then they won't be in the water. And then she can just jump off the pier and then... Well, she would have to get... In there. And Yeah. And I guess they would all have to go through the door. And then they would all have to go through the door once she's gone. Mm. And I, I think that's the idea with being so close in front of them, yeah. is you want all of them to be going towards that one point. You don't want to get too far yeah. ahead, so the ones in the back sort of veer off, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, I, but, I mean, anyway. I, I mean, thought, I, at one point, I did think she was going to go batshit crazy and just charge all the, the zombies and run back. Yeah, all the walkers run back towards the hotel. She kind of had a look on her face, like, like brave heart. Here, like we were saying, here, zombie, zombie. Yeah. Here, come on. Here, come on. Right. Oh, good zombie. Good zombie. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the final scene. Uh, they yeah. all set up for this dinner after they've cleared the Riptide zombies. Yeah. And there's, like, a big dinner, and they've got candles. And it's one of these scenes that, like, I feel like we, we see these scenes pop up sometimes, and it makes me wonder sometimes, if I was in this sort of situation, in a zombie apocalypse, mm-hmm. would I set the table and light candles and clean silver and clean you know tablecloths like i don't know it just seems like a lot of pageantry to try to remind yourselves that you're still in the real world yeah but also you know treat yourself as they say on parks and recs um yeah i mean if you think that you have a bit of breathing room that you think you've got rid of all the zombies there's probably Mm -hmm. not more walkers coming very very close and you're thinking well why not if we're all going to be together if we're going to build bridges if we're going to smoke the peace pipe effectively let's all get together let's have some wine let's have some chill time you know let's have some food there's they already said they've got loads of food and they've been kind of separate so they've all been kind of you know having half-assed supplies here and there get together have some wine have some good times you know buy yourself a night where you're not under threat and then get on with the practicality the next day. I also love food and wine. Me too. I also so, love food and wine. But, I will but I think also, it. too, and I think that Madison was probably behind them doing that. I think it was just a way for them to sort of establish some common ground. Because, mm. you know, there's there's still a little bit of tension there. Like, they don't fully trust each other just because they're strangers. So I think it was just kind of a way for them to 
really break the ice and just get more comfortable with each other because they're going to be there for who who knows how long, yeah. you know. So it, it, probably more so than anything else. It was celebrating them getting the hotel clean, so yeah. to speak. But it was also a way for them to just get a little bit more comfortable, get to know each other a little bit better. Well, there's a massage room. There's a couple's room. We know that already. <laughs> a couple's suite, you know. So, so, that's, so then Strand leaves the table because he goes to find Oscar, yeah. and he finds him upstairs, and Such Oscar's really struggling scene. to kill Jessica, who's yeah. his, well, to get rid of Jessica, who is the, apparently the last walker in the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, talking scene. about if there was Tinder in this world, I think it would just be called Walker. Walker? Right? Because you're walking. Yeah, it's a walker. Yeah. All right, anyway. Um, so uh, he, he convinces him. To re- and there was, I thought, some really, really nice dialogue in this scene. Yeah, I thought some of the things Strand said. Um, it's my favorite scene of the... Yeah, yeah. eventually you, you'll, th- you know, you'll turn into someone, someone you don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Someone new. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought, though, I liked the way he described all of it. I, Strand's arc and his transformation in this episode was really beautiful. It was yeah. like, He's the, he gets the best... Either it's just his delivery or he gets the best dialogue in this series. Yeah, I think it's a combination. Which makes me wonder if they're going to kill him off. No, I just think at this point... I mean, like, they elevated him They elevated him from, from a guest star to recurring. Yeah. The, I mean, when 2 was launched, because I think they realized how good of a character that he was. Mm. Also, like, let's be honest here. Like, uh, you talk about what each of these people are doing and, and the best characters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cliff and Kim have been on television and films for years. Cliff yeah. especially has been in tons of things. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, otherwise... Alicia's a relatively newcomer, pretty much a newcomer. Frank mm-hmm. Delane's kind of a newcomer. Yeah. Um, a lot of Ophelia, she's a newcomer. Yep. I mean, Ruben, obviously, is gone now. Yep. But, or has he? Yeah, well, mm. I think he's gone. Yeah, he's um, <laughs> but when you talk about Strand, I mean, this guy in the last few years was mm. in 12 Years a Slave, Selma. He was in The Butler. Like, he's in enormous Oscar-winning, Oscar-nominated movies. Mm. Uh, he's, got, he's about to be in Birth of a Nation. Like, this guy's an enormously successful actor recently. So he's so, kind of busy, so he could be killed off because uh, he's got loads of work to do. I, I just think the way that they're pushing the, the narrative now, he's he's a really strong character. I think, like you guys have been saying, Madison and Strand definitely on the top list of people who kind of have to stay to keep this show driving. But just with that scene, I really liked it because... You know, with Strand, I was expecting there to be a little bit of conniving, a little bit of him, you know, like what doing what he does best, trying mm. to, to play the situation to his advantage yeah. and, you know, play people a little bit. But yeah. with this guy, he actually had real moments and it wasn't about like trying to pull one over on him or trying to finesse him in any way. It was just about him being real and open and honest in a way that I don't think we've really seen him. Well, when before. he says let me help Jessica. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he he is he is a he is a carer. We've seen that he's mm-hmm. got that almost yeah. like a, you know, a, a, a bedfellow, a, you know, and kind of a nursemaid kind of thing. He did it with his husband and now he's doing it with he, this he's guy got to a help. solid bedside manner. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. you know, I mean obviously you end up dead. Right. So you wouldn't want him <laughs> looking after you. Uh, tends to end badly. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think he, he kind of relishes this role and it's a mm-hmm. side of him that he doesn't get to Love. share with many people. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think his strength comes from his sort of, his 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 subtlety, his weakness, as yeah. you might see it. So, guys, that covers most of what we're going to talk about this week, I think. Mm. Is there anything else you guys wanted to throw in before we get into a slightly longer predictions and where we think the show in general is going? Yeah, I want to just talk about the mother-in-law. Okay. Um, I, th- I think she's kind of a loose cannon. She's crazy a little bit, yeah. I think she is either going to try and kill Madison or I think she's... I could see her very easily. I think it would be a bit too simple to see her try and kill Elena. Yep. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she's got a grudge to bear there. I think she will see Maddie 
as kind of the thing that's stopping her kill Elena and stopping her controlling the group. Because obviously she had the control of half the group. Now she's lost it. Maddie's, you know, e- even um, uh, one of the characters said they're following you. Yeah. Right. Uh, it, was, it was Alicia. Yeah. Said they're following you. I think she's going to be a bit offended by that. And I think she's going to try and kill Maddie. So I think she's a loose cannon. Are we mm. jumping I think into she's a bit. Uh... Yeah, she, I mean, it strikes me that way—the way that she was reacting, talking about losing her, losing her daughter, and yeah. crying and walking. And she, out the... she had that kind of oh, yeah. face on when she was looking over, and I'm like, she'd be an easy off. loose cannon. She looks a little bit. She'd crazy. be an easy catalyst for bad things to happen. Who would then get eaten by a walker? I mean, yeah. those all things—they all add up. Hey, we love that. Yeah. So, so are we jumping into? Uh... Yeah, let's yeah. do predictions. That was a cue. Look at that. And now you're after Buzz TV. So, guys, we are going to get into a couple things here. We're going to revisit Carol Watch, which is something we've been doing since the beginning of the show, which is the the character on the show that we think is most likely to go from sort of a docile, uh, not expecting too much from that character, just a stone cold badass. We kind of we uh we I don't want to wager. We predict each week who we think the person is going. We do wager. I've lost a lot of money. Well, so, it isn't going to be my bank. I live in a box so. now. <laughs> so I'd say let's start off with Carol Watch. I'm just going to throw mine out there. It's easily okay. Alicia. She's she's more. Ophelia's not even in the episode, and I feel like Alicia just more and more and more is just becoming that character. She's getting stronger. Yeah, um, I would agree with you on that. I mean, there was a there was a moment today where she was talking to Madison, and she said. Um, uh, Madison was saying, um, Alicia said to Madison, you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And I think she was not just talking about herself. I think she was talking about Nick. Yep. Um, she's not had to stand on her own two feet. So I think we are going to see some development, which, again, I think then leads to one of the major characters being killed yeah. because I think she's going to have to fill that position as a leadership role. Well, some people in the chat were saying that they think that Madison might die only because that would propel Alicia's character character to Carol Watch, which she is my choice for Carol Watch this week. Oh, and cool, there's so much you. mention of, you know, I you, you're right, you did raise yourself, you did it by yourself and she and, says she's self-reliant yeah. uh and she says, yeah, I made it that way. I made it that way. Yeah. So it would be an interesting turn of events if Madison actually is killed and or dies, and it turns that's the catalyst that starts Alicia down this road to... If this show turned badass. into Alicia having to fill the role that Madison plays now and actually just being, like, this teenager who's just a stone-cold savage and just, like, actually takes the reins, I think that'd be an incredibly interesting turn. I don't know yeah. how believable it would necessarily would be long-term because mm. she's, like, a 16- or 17-year-old yeah. girl. And that's a little bit of a tough sell in a world of just brute force. On the other hand... I think it would be an awesome direction. Yeah. I think it would be super mm. cool to take. And no other shows doing that, really. Yeah, yeah that would be crazy. Um, so let's uh, let's talk about some general predictions. We can say uh, episode specific or just where the show is going. And 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 I would say I'll, I'll start it out with just the idea that I think that we've spent a bit too much time in Mexico this season. Yeah. And th- though they have uh, renewed the show for season three, I know the viewership's been down a bit. And I kind of feel like we need to get back to America. We need to, as you said, clean house a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, as far as immediate predictions go, Nick's going to relapse. I think it's way, way, way too far-fetched to think that he's been working closely with Oxy and he's just not going to keep some pills for himself. I, that seems crazy to me. Mm. Um, those are the two. Or, at the very least, I think his whole stunt is its going to be foiled and they're going to realize that what they're doing is you know, fake, essentially, and so that's going to cause even more issues Um I think that Ophelia is going to be coming back soon. I think uh, when people said that episode next episode, yeah. episode 10, she'll be back. So we'll see how that all plays out and sort of the reason why she left. And then overall predictions for the rest of the season. 
I think either Chris or Travis are, are going to be gone. Okay, here is um, a couple of things. I think uh, Pablo, um, we heard that Pablo's dead in pieces. Um, I don't think he's in pieces because of the walkers. I think he's in pieces because of Marco's people. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I think there's something going on there. I think we're going to see some sort of semblance and crossover between, obviously, you know, the Marco's guys are going to attack in some way. There's going to be some sort of conflict next week. Um, I see what we're going to see with Alejandro is that we're going to find out that he's not sweetness and light, that there was something going on with, you know, the the bite. Yeah. Like I think I down, like I said earlier in, in the episode, I think we're going to see the fact that he wasn't bitten by a walker. He was bitten by the guy. He's kind of a little bit, you know, playing everybody there. Yeah. Um, and I think we're going to start to see some, we're going to start working towards seeing some major people killed off. Um, I think because after three. Uh, we have it's it's a double episode on October the second, so okay. we've got two next week and the week after are one hours, and then the week after is two episodes, so two it, it's a two-hour finale. season finale. Yeah. Crazy, um, which is uh, weird. And just before my birthday, by the way. All right, happy early birthday! Thank you. I'll be one hundred and seventy-four. You don't look <laughs> yes. a day past one hundred and six. Thank yes. you. We'll Thank pour you. one out for you. Um, but yeah, so I think that's what's, what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, don't spill your drink. Um, <laughs> I, I uh, yeah, I think that's that's what we're going to see in the next couple of weeks. I think it's going to get quite hard and fast, very quickly. You think the final three episodes are going to be just like intense, full of brutality, death, all kinds yeah. of things. Yeah, and, and a few surprises. And I think, like I said, the mother, the mother-in-law, um, is is going to go cray. We have to get back. <laughs> cray. Right. I, I have a hard time believing they would end the season and start season three in Mexico. Mexico. That yeah. seems crazy. So we need to have a plot twist that gets us out of Mexico and gets at least enough of our characters and story back to America without seeming abrupt. And in just a few episodes, that seems difficult hard. to do. Yeah. They're going to get San Diego and it's going to be Comic Con weekend. Oh. <laughs> Comic Good luck can't. finding a hotel room. Right. Comic Can't, y'all. Comic yeah. Can't. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I got me a reek. Try the veal. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys. Mm. I think that pretty much wraps us up, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and thank watching you. the episode yeah. with us. We yeah. apologize for missing last week, and uh, we hope we covered enough of last week's episode during this one. If you guys mm-hmm. have any questions, of course, you can get at any of us personally. You can find me at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram. Follow along and uh, let me know your thoughts, yes. guys. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, Ashley underscore Chapman, and thank you all for the chat. You guys were amazing tonight. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Showbiz Simon, and uh, I tend to interact on the uh, the YouTube channel. So uh, feel free to like, interact. Uh, feel free to get in touch with us there as well. Oh, and like and subscribe and tell your friends. Yes. Isn't that right, Ben? A hundred percent. Thanks, Simon. Nailed it. All right. We will see you guys next week. Take care. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 